0: Uh, welcome back to week four of Confusing Things That Christians Say. This is a, a series all about slowing down to figure out those uh, kind of cryptic things that you hear in church because if you don't understand it, you can't enjoy it and you can't apply it. Uh, so let's slow down, pause our busy weeks, and try to understand these teachings from the Word of God. Um, quick show, fans how many of you in your life have ever counted your steps? Ever owned a Fitbit or a smartwatch or just tracked it on a health app on your phone? It uh, feels like it's all, all the latest rage, the old pedometers that some of you might have remembered have evolved with technology, and everyone seems to be counting their steps these days. And if you've ever done that before, you might know that the magical number of steps that every human should take, according to the, the experts, is yeah, 10,000 10, steps. Hmm. But it's actually not true. <laughs> Do you know where the 10,000 step rule came from? A really, really smart Japanese marketer. Uh, Way back in the 1960s, this Japanese company was trying to release their pedometer, and I'll show you a picture. The Japanese character for 10,000 looks like that, kind of like a person walking, right? And so they they, they kind of made up this theory that 10,000 steps is what you need, and 10,000 just happened to be the name of their company, Uh, and it caught on, and people started thinking, oh, I need to hit 10,000 steps to be the healthiest physically, emotionally, uh, intellectually, I had a chance to do a little bit of research, and if my research is right, it turns out scientists say if you get between seven and 8,000 steps, that is so good for your body and so good for your brain. Uh, in a culture where the average person gets 5,000 steps as we sit down for work and sit down at home and scroll on our phones, and most of us don't work the farm anymore but sit in front of a screen, whether it's 10,000 or 8,000 or 7,000, what we've learned over the years is that your steps matter. The God who created you, created you not to sit and stare. He created you to walk and to step. And if you want to live your best, most healthiest life, if you want your body to function like it should, your your brain to fire like it's intended to, it is important to count and be aware of your steps. Now, I found that interesting because when you open the Bible, you will quickly find out that one of the most common ways to talk not about your physical life but your spiritual life is a walk with God. Now, I didn't know this, that way before the word Christian or Christianity was ever mentioned in the Bible, way before terms like discipleship or the spiritual disciplines were brought up, the earliest descriptions of people who are connected to the true God wasn't talked about as faith or Christianity, it was talked about as a walk. Some of you might remember, with the story of Adam and Eve, God was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid instead of walking with their God. A few pages later, let me show you a guy named Enoch, the Bible says, walked faithfully with his God. A page later, there's this guy named Noah you've probably heard of, built a big boat. It says, Noah walked faithfully with God and then the Lord appeared to Abraham, the father of the Jewish people, and he said, I'm God Almighty, walk before me faithfully. In the Old Testament, the most common way to talk about a really good spiritual connection with God was a walk. And when God's people, the people of Israel, went astray, the prophets spoke to them and they said, what does God really want from you? And this was their answer. He wants you to walk humbly with your God. And then Jesus shows up, who claims to be God, walking on two legs, and he sees this guy named Matthew, and he sees Mary, and he sees Peter, and James, and John, and he says, follow me. which I think is just a two-word way of saying, walk, with God. In the Old Testament and the New, back in those days and even today, what God cares about so much is how you walk. And I was asking myself, why would that be? Out of all the things that God could have said, all the metaphors he could have chosen, why, when you're thinking of your connection with Jesus, thinking about your spiritual life, why would God want you to think about walking? I never thought about about that before. I'm not sure if you have. Uh, But today, I want to give you my answer. I've learned that there are three connections between walking and walking with God that are maybe the most important questions that you could ask yourself in your spiritual life. So that's what I want to teach you. What is walk with God? It's three big things. If you're taking notes here at home, grab a pen and write this down. Walking in general, or walking with God, requires a direction, that's the first big idea I want to share with you today, a, a direction. So when you get to the end of your driveway, if you're going to take a walk, you turn and pick a direction. It doesn't matter if you're going this way or that way. That's what walking requires. If uh, I was up here on stage, and instead of, if I did this, and you said, Pastor Mike, what are you doing? I would say, I'm walking. And you'd say, yes, you are. If I would do this... You say, what are you doing, Pastor Mike? I'd say, I'm walking right now. And you'd say, no, you're not. Um, you need to see someone about that. That looks really goofy and you're embarrassing yourself because a walk is just a direction. And that makes so much sense spiritually because God cares about our direction. He cares the path that we take, the road that we are on spiritually. Every day you get up and there's all these choices that you can make. And if you're going to walk with God, it means you choose the direction that God is going. You choose the things of faith. You choose the commands that God has said and you choose the promises that he has made. So here's a, a big question for your Sunday. What, what direction is your life going in? If I just ask you, like, what's your final destination? Right? If I wanted to walk towards that door, i pick a direction and i take some steps. And I might not get to that door with the first step or the second, but every step brings me closer and closer to that Destination. So here's a big question for you. What's the destination that determines your direction? Do you know when they ask uh, most young Americans, like under 25, what the goal of their life is, what their destination, you know what they say, two things, I want to be rich, I want to be famous, I want to be an influencer, I want to make my own TikTok channel, I want it to blow up. I want to find a job that pays the bills. I want to travel, experience the world. I want to be rich. I want to be famous. They run after things that, well, might might work for a bit. But find someone who's rich or famous and ask them if they've arrived at the peak of joy and peace and satisfaction. The direction that your life is going in is so, so important. That's why Jesus, 2,000 years ago, spoke these words in Matthew chapter 6. He said, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, the people who don't know the true God, the pagans run after all these things and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. You notice the directional language? Jesus said some people are so worried about what they're going to eat what they're going to wear, what the latest fashion is. They don't just walk in that direction. They run after all of those things. They're so passionate about what is temporary and not lasting. Jesus wants the 180, that way of thinking, and say, no, no, God, God knows what you need. He's going to take care of you. Instead, seek first the things that God says. Seek first your king who is God. Seek first the righteousness that comes through Jesus. That's what leads to lasting peace and eternal life. I was actually, I'm just thinking the other day, how passionate people get, how passionate I sometimes get about really, really temporary things like fashion and sports and the latest shows. Did you see this movie? Did you see this show on Netflix? And if you happen to skip it a year from now, no one will be talking about that same show. Back when I was growing up in the 1980s to wear a fanny pack was super fashionable. Nowadays, if you walk down the street in a fanny pack, uh-uh, you in trouble. People are going to judge you fast. But, but, if you take that fanny pack and turn it into a crossbody bag, you are super fashion. I asked my 15-year-old daughter if I could wear a crossbody bag while I preached and just like unzip a little Bible out of it, and she said, Dad, no, you're not going to do that. Right, we're running after fashion. we got to jump on Sheen and websites and go to the mall and find the latest things, but it's so temporary. A guy after the first service told me, when I was a kid, Pastor Mike, we had a pet rock They literally put a rock in a box and poked holes in it, and it became our pet. Who is the genius that marketed rocks to children, right? But we run after it, the new season, the new game, fantasy football, the World Cup. And it's all exciting for a moment. Sometimes we pour our energy and our time and our money into it. But Jesus knows, man, you can run after those things, but they're not going to help your heart in the end. And so Jesus says, if you're going to walk in some direction, walk first towards God and his promises. If you go after God, it might not be the easiest path in life, but you will discover something so profoundly beautiful, so comforting, something that ge- can get you through anything. You can find God himself. That makes me think of my family's recent trip to Glacier National Park. Oh, show fans, some of you have ever been to Glacier before? And maybe five percent of you. it is in I did not give the state of Montana enough credit until I stepped foot in one of the most beautiful places, I think, in this entire country. Um, we parked at this really popular hike. It was a couple miles long, and you know the trail just goes in one direction, and I'm looking at it, and it goes up. right and so we're walking. We're stepping. We're like a half mile in. and it's it's late June, so not all the snow had melted yet. so we're trudging through snow. People are slipping and falling. It was tempting to turn around. But then, about halfway up the trail, guess what we saw? A goat. <laughs> oh, and not just any goat, a baby mountain goat. And you would have think that the Lord Jesus Christ had returned on that mountain. like People are pulling out pictures, snapping it, this amazing sight, and we keep walking. And let me show you the best part. I'll show you a picture of when my family got to the end of this trail. We get to this just epic glacial lake, the crisp air. There's like bears feeding down below in this big mountain that rises up above. I was so glad that we didn't give up and change our direction. I was so glad that we followed the simple signs that led to this destination. We couldn't see it the moment we stepped out of our car, but we were stepping closer and closer to one of the most beautiful things we'd ever seen in our lives. I just want to tell you that's what it's like to walk with God. To be a person of faith who's seeking God, not because it's easy, Not because trusting in Jesus' promises is simple or repenting of your sins isn't complicated. It's very tempting to sit down or turn around, get back in the car, and drive somewhere more simple. But Jesus said that if you walk this narrow road with him, you will end up with something way better than a mountain. You will end up with your maker, the one who made the mountain, to reflect just a bit of his beauty. No one gets to heaven and wishes they would have picked a different direction. That first second will make you realize that heaven makes Montana look like a McDonald's parking lot, right? To see the face of God will make baby goats look very uninteresting, right? God, the God of love and power and justice. I just want to tell you, you don't have to run after fame or beauty or fashion or money. You can live a simple, humble life. No one might know your name, but if you are going in God's direction as you follow Jesus, you are so close, To the most beautiful destination that you can even imagine. Walk with God. Pick the direction that goes to the best destination. Number two, here's what else walking with God requires: it requires action. All right, so if God was in the direction of that camera and I picked the exact right direction and then I stood here, and you said, Pastor Mike, what are you doing? I'm walking. I've picked my direction. You would say, no, you're not because <laughs> you've got to take a step, right? That's obviously implied in walking and that's how the Bible talks about the Christian faith too. Uh, Galatians 5, the Apostle Paul is talking about temptation and the battle in all of our hearts and he writes these words, So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Since we live by the Spirit, let us, here it is, keep in step, With the Spirit. So um, with every decision you have to make, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit who you're walking with, he takes a step in the direction of obedience or holiness or trusting God's promises. And the Christian life is essentially knowing where the Spirit is stepping because you know your Bible and then following in faith and trust and holiness yourself. When you could blow up and speak your mind, or you could be patient, that's keeping in step with the Spirit. When you could live with the guilt and shame of things you've done, or step into the forgiveness that is all yours because of Jesus, that's keeping in step with the Spirit. And I'm going to warn you, the Spirit moves, right? The the Spirit steps frequently and fast, Spirit doesn't take breaks, doesn't sit down, doesn't take days off, doesn't rest on the curb in the ways of sin. The Spirit is moving in the direction of holiness because he is the Holy Spirit. Uh, It makes me think of the insanely fast women walkers in my wife's family. So my mother-in-law, Candy, I'm not sure if you've met her, Um, she's in her 70s now, and she is like the fastest 70-year-old walker you will ever meet. Um, she walks every day, and she moves fast. And she raised my wife, who's only five foot three, to walk super fast. I'm about six two. I got really long legs. I'm pretty athletic. I thought I'd have to wait for Kim. Uh-uh. Those legs just move. And now we have two daughters. So guess what? We've trained them to do. We've trained them to believe in Jesus and walk very fast. Right? So mom, mom, we pushed those kids so hard a few years ago. Um... Before my girls had like stretched out and gone through puberty, we're in Boston. We're trying to get to this restaurant. We could have just paid five bucks for an Uber, but we didn't. So we're walking. It's raining. There's big puddles. And one of the classic quotes in our family that we still repeat to this day is, "Kim and I are moving. One of the girls is keeping with us, and the other's legging behind." And she says, "But mom, my little legs!" <laughs> like, come on, kid, get up here, or we'll leave you behind in Boston, and you'll end up with a funny accent, all right? So we gotta move. We gotta move. But now. Get this, Brooklyn and Maya have gone through puberty. They're stretched out. They're taller than mom, so guess who has the littlest legs in the family? Boom. So now we're leaving Kim behind, so now she's got to keep up with us, right? We move fast generationally, but why do we do that? Because we want to get as fast as we can to the best destination. There's good food, and we want to get there. There's a mountain that we want to see. We push our kids hard, not because we want to sabotage them or make them suffer, but because we know, if they can move fast, they can see things that other people can't and this is exactly what the holy spirit does right? there's something that's going to happen to you today and he's going to push you he's going to take a big step and you might feel like your little legs can't keep up he's not going to slow down because he wants what's best for you someone's really going to annoy you with before this week is done right it might be your kid might be your brother might be a classmate might be a teacher you're going to be tempted to sit down and stew and get snarky, but the Holy Spirit's going to take a couple big steps towards patience and kindness and love. He doesn't want you to live with division and dysfunction in your home or your relationship, so he says, come on. Come on. Keep up. And some of you have really tender consciences. You're going to think about something you did or said. You're just going to sit down in it just just like, punish yourself feeling so unworthy of being a Christian. Uh-uh. The Spirit's going to move. He's saying, no, no, no. This is a faith that's about forgiveness and salvation and cleansing. A Jesus who saved you. You don't save yourself. You don't get to sit there and punish yourself for your sins because you have one who was punished for your sins in your place. You're going to be out with friends at a fantasy football draft. People are going to be having one drink too many and the Spirit's going to take a big step towards sobriety and say, no, 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 I care more about this moment I care about tomorrow and I care about the next day. I care about your self-control. I don't want you chained by the bonds of addiction. You gonna think about someone who's hurt you in your past and the world would say you have every reason just to tear them down and retell the story but the Spirit says, no, I don't want you to be bound by that bitterness. I want you to take a step and forgive that person in, in Jesus' name. Step after step after step, after step, the Christian life is not just the direction of heaven one day we'll get there. It's about the daily choices we make that God knows are the best for our soul. So here's the homework I want to give you today. When you just sense like you're at one of those moments, when you feel temptation, when you just like, oh, I could say this, I want you to picture the Holy Spirit like six feet in front of you. He's looking back at you This is a better place to be. Don't let the devil convince you that that standing or sitting down in a sinful habit is going to be good for you in the end. It, It will not. It might be easier. It's not good for you. And so lead us not into that temptation, we pray. God, deliver us from evil. Help us keep in step with your spirit. Walking with God. Pick God's direction. Take some Holy Spirit action. Which brings us to the last thing I want to share with you today. It's maybe the most obvious thing that I never thought about. Um, Walking with God, can you fill in this next blank by yourself, implies God. (laughs) You can walk, in general, without God. But if you're walking with God, as the Bible frequently says, that means you are with God. I, I love this idea. The Bible doesn't talk about walking, like, towards God. Like he's the reward at the end of some big marathon. It talks about walking with God. Like this forgiving, strong, wonderful Savior is not just waiting until you do all the work. He is with you to help you, strengthen you, to pick you up, and to carry you. Forgive me for one last family vacation story. We're at Yellowstone with my family. We push hard on this morning hike. We grab some lunch, and it's just other epic place we wanted to see. We're going to hike past the Grand Prismatic, Have you ever seen that really weird multicolored thing, to this like hidden waterfall we had packed to lunch. It was going to be so great. But we're like a quarter of a mile in and my youngest kid hits the wall. Right? Her, her legs are dragging behind. I can see it on her face. She's asking me how far. We got to go. We're not even close. And so in love, I kind of get down on one knee and I, I grab her around her uh, her shoulders, and I say, sweetie, I know you're tired, but there are grizzlies around here. <laughs> no, I didn't. no I, didn't. <laughs> I didn't. say that. What I said was, hop on. And my kid looked at me, and she jumped on all 100 pounds of her. And I could just, I could hear the happiness in her voice as I started to step. And I don't know why to this day, but I started to count the steps I was taking, I carried her for one step and then two and then 10 and then 20. I got to 100. She started laughing. She just did not expect someone to do the work for her and her happiness starts to build and build and build and I'm I'm a pretty competitive guy so then I started asking, I wonder how long I could carry this kid. (laughs) So I get to 100 steps and then 200 steps and then three and four and five and six and seven and eight and nine. I act like I'm gonna set her down at 1,000. No, 1,001, 1,002, 1,100, 1,200, 1,300, 1,400, 1,500 until I finally cashed out at 1,000. I remember it 1,554 steps. I dropped my kid and my body, my 42 year old body, was totally wrecked for days. (laughs) And when I set her down, she was so happy and she was so grateful. And we made it to the most amazing lunch under this beautiful waterfall. She she couldn't do it by her own strength. Thankfully, she had someone who loved her to carry her. And I think about that phrase, walk with God, and that's what Jesus did just a billion times better. It wrecked his body too. But he walked with us to carry us. You know, that old uh, Christian poem maybe your grandma had on her wall, footsteps, remember it? And there's just one set of tracks in the sand. That's because we walk with the God who carries us and we're just not strong enough, not good enough to make it to God. Jesus is the one who picks us up, throws us over his shoulders and walks all the way to a cross where he makes us good enough for God. I love this passage from the book of Peter. Peter says, Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous, that's Jesus, for the unrighteous, that's us. Why? To bring you to God. If you think of the Holy Spirit just a thousand steps ahead of you, you might think, I I, I can't get there. I'm never going to be that good. I came to church too late. I've messed up too many times. If you see this as a walk to God, you might despair. But if instead, friends, you see this as a walk with God, the God who strengthens you step by step and picks you up when you fall, who carries you not 1,500 steps but all the way to the gates of heaven, well then Just like my daughter, the joy rises in your heart. Your excitement about Christianity builds. I got to tell you, the older I get and the more people I meet, I am so, so grateful to be a Christian. I I talk to people from other belief systems and other religions and, and all they are is a standard that is lightning fast that you can't keep up with. Be good. Try harder. Fix it. The scales, the karma, all it is is telling people like my daughter, come on, or the grizzly bear of condemnation will get you. Christianity is the only religion. It is so profoundly beautiful. I hope you believe in it and never abandon it. It says that there is a God who is so full of love and strength that he picks us up when we mess up, carries us on his shoulders, even if it costs him everything, even if it costs him that. And this is why I love, love, love this simple phrase from the front to back of the Bible that you and I get to walk with God. According to Rolling Stone, one of the 500 greatest songs in human history is by a rapper who's gone by many names, Kanye West is how I remember him. It's called Jesus Walks you ever heard this amazing song, Kanye is, is praying as he's rapping that God would show him the right way, that Kanye's feet wouldn't fail, but there's this part in the chorus that always gets my attention. Kanye says that he's afraid to talk to God because of his wrongs. He's afraid to connect with God because he and God haven't spoken in so long. And man, I wish Kanye was sitting here in the front row. I don't think he's going to watch at home, but if he does, Kanye, I want to tell you this, you walk with God. You don't have to be afraid, none of us have to be afraid to talk to God despite our sins and our failures, no matter how long it's been, we walk not to him, but with him. That's why Christianity is the greatest message the world has ever known, and it's why walking with God is maybe the best summary of it. So, my brothers and sisters, sons and daughters who are carried on the shoulders of Jesus, let's walk And let's pray. Ah, Dear God, I'm so grateful that you carry me. Um, If I got up today and thought that the only way to heaven was by being good, (laughs) and everything good I would do, it would be done for the wrong reason, for myself. And every time I would do something that wasn't good, I would doubt that I'd ever make it to you. So thank you for the unconditional love, the amazing love that we call mercy and grace. Thank you that we are saved as a gift that comes from you through your son, Jesus Christ. There are people, maybe right here, right now, God, who've never heard that. They thought that they'd climb their way up to you or be better than average. That's not true. Instead, it's all Jesus. And I pray that we would put all of our trust in him today. But God, even though our our steps don't save us, they do matter. Uh, We count our steps and pay attention to them because the way we treat people Um, The way we run to your promises, our level of patience and kindness and forgiveness makes a huge difference for the years that you give us on this earth. So may all of us be guided and led by your Holy Spirit. When the road feels narrow and uphill, when we want to quit and turn around, God, help us to remember that following you is always the best choice for our future. I pray, especially for all the young people here today, God. Um, It's so tempting to get rich, um, to think that if we just got to that spot, It would satisfy our hearts. Um, May they know God. May they actually believe without the experience that many of us have had that that won't work. That there is a secret to being content and his name is Jesus. And if we seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness, we will find what so few people do. Thank you, God, for being by our side. Thank you for being Emmanuel, the God who is with us, who invites us to walk with God. It's in Jesus' beautiful name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.